Welcome to the Coach and the Therapist podcast, where we discuss solutions to life's problems from two different, though related, perspectives. Each week, we pick a topic such as anxiety, depression, or weight loss and offer our views based on our training, background, and experience. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to, share, and subscribe to this podcast. For more information, head to my website at vanessachristiansen.com. All right, welcome back, you guys. And we're so excited today to talk about, I kept trying to think, what are we going to call this? Uh, why are you dieting? Why are you not losing weight? Uh, why have you gained weight? I just decided to start at the beginning of like, why do we overeat? <laughs> okay. We're going to just call this like weight loss, right? <laughs> <laughs> we could just call it weight loss. Well, actually, no, because the first thing really is why do we... Why are we even needing to talk about this? Which is well, why we're needing to talk about this is because as you were talking to some people that listen to our podcast and saying like, "Gosh, what should we talk about this week?" Is it like, "Well, in your introduction it says weight loss. Why don't you guys just talk about that?" <laughs> Actually, there's a little bit more to that, but yes. Um, and so, anyway, I, I was trying when we were trying to come up with some of like the dialogue for this, and I'm like, this could be five hours long, or we can cut this up into a few different podcasts. So. With this first one is, I just wanted to start off with, why do we even overeat? Okay, so... Wait a second, is that all we're talking about today? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so why we overeat? Yeah. I think everybody knows why we overeat. Why do we overeat? <laughs> because it feels good. People like to do it. <laughs> no. Okay, sure. But there's a reason for that. Um, there, uh, we kind of like... Our feelings are driving the actions. I mean, we've talked about this constantly, right, in our past uh, podcasts. And uh, feelings drive our actions, and that's what actually is making us overeat. So there's a feeling that we're searching for, or there's a feeling that we're trying to avoid or run away from or, or react from that actually makes us overeat. So um, we tend to, actually, and this is for any over if that makes any sense. So any over anything, like over exercising, over Netflixing, over drinking. Are you smiling at me? Why are you doing that? I don't know. You just came up with a whole new verb, Netflixing. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I use it all the time. That's not new. <laughs> um, so um, just any time that we're doing something that is over. So eating is good. Relaxing is good. Um, and doing other things that we do are good things, but anytime you attach an over to it, um, we're definitely doing this thing that I call buffering, which is to kind of numb or to kind of lessen an emotion. Yeah, so um, the emotion then is is the thing that will, will trigger us, but looking at it from the, the side that I kind of come from, there's there's a little bit that that goes into it in terms of like habits as well. Yes. Um, so when we look at but it, we're the not feelings talking are, about that. Well, but the feelings are there, right? Like the feelings are, are there, but what kicks in then is is just the habit. Mm -hmm. So like the the feeling is a trigger for the habit that a person has around food. Yes. Like the habit becomes when I feel this, then I eat and I don't feel that or I do feel what I want to feel. Right. But a lot of that is happening at kind of a subconscious level yeah. beyond just the, the feeling. So part of what I think we're ultimately going to be getting to here is the idea that you can raise your awareness around the emotion. Yes, you're jumping all way too far in advance now. <clears throat> yes, we're going to yeah. go into that. <laughs> yeah, but what I was hopefully hoping to be able to say is just that at the same time, 
we have to recognize that there are some things that are subconscious around this as well. Yep. Which is why people overeat. You know, like a lot of times people will find themselves eating and not really even know like why. Like they ask themselves that question, like why do I, why do I do this? Right. Um, and we look at it from like a habit perspective. People can actually really isolate the the timing and the cues and the things that lead them to do it, mm-hmm. as opposed to just focusing on the the feeling that might be a precursor. Because right. sometimes you can have the feeling. Be curious as to how you see this, but sometimes you can have the feeling and not overeat. Even though that's a feeling that triggers overeating, there's times where you might feel that but still not overeat. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes triggers have power. Like sometimes those things lead you to behave in a certain way and sometimes they don't. So I don't know what your your thinking is about like why sometimes those feelings have this outcome overeating of overeating and sometimes they don't. Um, yeah, so I, I actually am just going off of probably sort of my experiences of like becoming more aware of, of why I do what I do, um, because I, we've mentioned this before in the past, like many, many years ago, like I had an eating disorder where it was the binge eating where it's like, it felt so out of control. Right. And so as time has gone on and, uh, I've done more work on this and actually becoming more aware with this idea of like that our thoughts trigger our feelings that trigger our actions um, is that um, the more that I become aware of my emotion and then I actually then become curious to see um, where that feeling what thoughts are bringing on that feeling. It's very interesting to me to see like that actually broken down and actually having much more um, intentional with my eating um, and also actually maybe kind of stopping that cycle of feeling out of control. Um, so um, to go back to uh, why we tend to overeat, it's uh, I believe it's to numb things. And, and of course, then, of course, the habits are then formed. Um, I mean, a perfect example is... Um, every time after I work out, like I have a cue of like, I am very thirsty. I used to do Diet Coke. Now I do soda water. So I have changed that. I'm still having a cue and a habit. And so therefore I do something. Um, But I've made some changes. And of course, this is for another podcast of how to change those things. But I wanted to really just focus on where it all kind of sort of maybe might begin. Like, why do we even do what we do? Yeah, so I would so I would look at it and say I would combine the two things. Mm-hmm. Um, part of what you may be maybe considering or thinking is if I'm really going to help somebody to change, like I'm going to start with the feeling. What all I'm really adding into this is when we ask the question of like why do we overeat, there's there's two things that combine together to create a very powerful pattern, mm-hmm. and those two things are that there is a the emotion that we're either wanting to not feel or that we're trying to feel something else, mm-hmm. plus a situation or a cue that indicates that the response is appropriate. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm sitting in the mid- middle of a meeting at work and I'm just bored out of my mind, mm-hmm. I may not have the thought of like, gosh, I should go get something out of the snack room. Right. But if I'm sitting in front of the television at night and I go, oh my gosh, I'm really bored. Mm-hmm. I may, maybe I have a habit developed around that where then I'll go eat. Yeah. And so sometimes we, we can have the feeling and it doesn't necessarily become associated with a pattern. And then it doesn't necessarily lead to the outcome. So I just think, at least from my perspective, and you may have a different opinion on it, but when we're trying to really work on those kinds of behaviors, like overeating, 
we want to look at both things, you know, what's triggering it mm-hmm. and then what is the habit or pattern right. that is that is like the background for when it's showing up. Yeah. And so that's that's good. I like to kind of break it down, though, like really just the root of it is let's actually just pay attention and actually see where it all sort of begins within our body and with our thoughts and 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 the cues that are given within our body um, with emotions and things like that. And um, but you're right. I have found myself, uh, especially recently, because I've been I've been doing this now for quite some time. But it's really interesting that I will mindlessly now end up in the pantry. And then I'm like, this is really interesting. I'm here. It's almost like I even had like an outer body experience of like, I don't even know how I got there, but I'm in the pantry, right? And so uh, while I'm in the pantry though, I take a moment and I'm like, all right, I'm here. But instead of then moving on to the next cue, which is, okay, I'm in the pantry and now I reach for, right? Which is, I would always reach for, you know what I always reach for, which are, like uh, chocolate chips yes thank you congratulations (laughs) you know me (laughs) and they're not any kind of chocolate chips they're the dark chocolate chips those are really yummy but anyway but I mindlessly go there right and then I find myself there and what I used to do was just reach for the chocolate chips and then eat the chocolate chips proceed to do it and then it wasn't just one time then I would do it like I would stay in the kitchen and go back to it and then go somewhere else and come back to it and so you know, when I start to actually paying attention to my actions and going like, okay, why am I here? What's going on? Like, okay. Then I'm like, what's the emotion? So that's where I'm at, like in saying like, this is a really good way to actually maybe sort of stop the cycle that you're doing and that you're kind of mindlessly doing, right? Unconsciously, which is kind of what you were bringing up before. And to just sort of like, be there and start asking questions now now not in a negative way because that's honestly I think part of the problem of why we overeat um, a lot of women I, and myself included have had times in our lives where we look at ourselves in the mirror or look or feel ourselves in jeans or whatever bathing suit put yourself in any situation sitting down I don't care but like where you're just like I hate this feeling like this actual feeling like not emotion feeling but like this feeling of what I'm feeling on my body or looking and seeing and then causing like and then having a a thought that brings on a feeling there as well as emotion Um, and so um, I like to use the word with my clients instead of like asking questions of like why am I doing this why is this why am I wrong it's just actually being curious with your with your mind and your body and just like curiously looking is that a word curiously i think so (laughs) (laughs) with curiosity there you go that sounds way better with curiosity just kind of like start wondering about things and like that i feel comes from a much more um compassionate place versus a blaming shaming place which i think has a lot to do with um, our emotions as well. Yeah, we're, we, this probably gets a little bit into the solution, but a lot of times when we're when we're looking at that through a, a lens of compassion, people have the the issue of judging themselves for why they do what they do. 
Um, I always try to help people to reframe it a little bit and recognize that they have really good reasons for why they do what they do. Yes. You know, if you, if if the reason why you overeat is because you're really stressed out, well, I, I've always asked people a question like, if you had a better coping skill, if you had like a way to really reduce that stress that wasn't eating, would you do it? Mm-hmm. And they always say like, yeah, I would totally do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then why do you overeat? Mm-hmm. Because you don't have another way of like handling it. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, or you, they have, their mind hasn't actually said, hey, I mean, it might be a habit, right? And their mind might actually say like, oh, we know what makes us feel good. Yeah. Food, right? Uh, or Netflix or whatever, some other form of, um, of numbing of the emotion, right? So um, anyway, so... So having this negative talk and negative thoughts about our body is actually um, quite detrimental to weight loss. And I think actually kind of cycles back to uh, overeating. So at at least as a woman, and I I mean, you can speak as a male. I don't know if you have negative self-talk about body. I, I don't know because I, you know, I, so I think everybody's unique and different, but, um, I think generally when people come to a place where they feel like they don't like the body they're in, mm-hmm. they're not saying nice things to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they, at that point, they are they're recognizing their faults and hyper-focusing on the, the things that they don't like. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm trying to draw off some experiences in my life, right? Because I feel like um, I have done different kinds of overeating. Where there's the eating disorder binging which is quite different from just overeating, um, I believe. And so um, and so, I'm not talking about the binging part. I'm more talking about the why am I eating more than my body actually needs and feeling kind of sick afterwards. Um, and sometimes not even actually feeling sick, just having things that I feel are kind of filling a hole. So... Um, for me, um, I have noticed that um, there are some top emotions. Like when I actually start to really actually see right now in my life, which is very different from other times in my life, there tends to be three emotions that I notice um, that are uh, kind of prevalent whenever I find myself in that pantry or going for a chocolate cake or going for really needing something that's kind of not so great for me or overeating. Um, and they are at this moment, they're boredom, nervousness, and grief. So, um, those tend to be the three, um, kind of top emotions for me personally right now. Now, if you would have asked me, um, I don't even know, like maybe 10, 15 years ago, it would have been overwhelm. (laughs) Um, and, and overwhelm, I think would just be like the big umbrella over so many other things. Um, but then again, I was also dealing with um, a lot of anxiety and, and not really um, process, able to process some of those emotions that kind of get umbrellaed under anxiety and overwhelm. Yeah, in the therapy world, we, we'll, we'll talk about B-salt. Mm-hmm. So bored, uh, sad, angry, lonely, tired. Yes. Like yeah. those, are the, uh, those are the emotions that often people are feeling before they engage in a behavior that is of short-term benefit, but tends to harm them in the long run. Yeah. So when we're feeling bored, sad, angry, lonely, tired, mm-hmm. we're more susceptible to those things that uh, 
don't really serve us in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. So because my, those top three right now, those kind of fall in, in, they're just different names for what you kind of just mentioned. Um, but again, um, right now, those tend to be, because I really actually am consciously thinking, okay, what's the emotion that's bringing me here? You know, what, what is it? Okay. So what are the thoughts? And what's really interesting is more often than not, it's boredom and boredom is actually really interesting because it's, uh, inactivity, which is also comes from a feeling as well in the sense of, um, I might be avoiding something, you know, uh, that I should be doing because I, uh, should not actually ever be bored. <laughs> I have so many things that I could be doing. Right. Um, so anyway, um, so I, I, yeah, so that's, that's where I'm at on that. So once I become more aware of my emotions, then I can actually sort of just notice Okay, what are some of my thoughts? And this is, it gets kind of tricky because you're like, well, I don't even know what my thoughts are. I just walked here mindlessly. But the work that I do is to really just become aware. Like, and that's really the first step of things is just being aware. Write down some thoughts. Write down what's going on in your head right now. What actually brought you, what actually was the cue prior to you walking to the pantry or you going and getting the big whopper meal. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I'm just throwing something at the big, the big whopper. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a big whopper? I don't know. Isn't there a big whopper? I think there's a whopper junior. Oh, okay. Just a whopper. Okay. Whatever the maybe, case. Maybe a double whopper. Oh yeah. I, that's a, wow. Yeah. It's a lot of whopper. Know. Yeah, that is a lot of whopper. Um, but whatever the case is, really actually sort of maybe step a couple of steps back, take a few steps back and say, what, what, what brought on the cue? Like, what was the thought? What was, what were some of the things at, that may have triggered some thoughts about something? So, uh, for example, I had a presentation that I had to take care of and I had a lot of cues coming from, um, my thoughts about this presentation and procrastination was one of them. And so then it just sort of kept evolving and, um, and you know, nervousness and um, those type of things. So I became very aware, right? Um, but I think before we even get to that point, we need to actually be, uh, uh, I always say that we should just be thankful for our body in general. Um, before we even start doing that work of like being aware um, or actually simultaneously doing that work because um, thanking our body um, where we're at um, will actually also bring on that compassion, right? Um, And so a lot of women that I tend to do this work with um, are like, no, I can't love my body. I hate it. I know what it looks like. I know how it feels. It's not... I. How am I supposed to love my body? And so I actually highlight, I'm like, do you even understand how amazing your body is? And, um, and then they're like, uh, nope. So I explain, do you go to bed at night and go to sleep and then wake up and thank your body for keeping you alive, breathing on its own? Like you don't actually have to physically say, okay, now take a deep breath in. 
Now relax and take a deep breath out. And that's pretty freaking amazing, right? So just going to the basics of starting there. Yeah, and this is one of the things that uh, I usually try to help people understand. It goes back to what I was saying before of really understanding why you do what you do and then having some compassion for yourself. Yeah. When we, when we talk about just like stress as an example. Mm-hmm. So if you if you have a good way of coping with stress, you know, that, that doesn't cost you a whole lot and you're not using it. And then you're just saying like, you know what, like I could totally go for a bike ride. It'd be super easy and like I would enjoy it and it'd be all leisurely and fun. Right. Or I could eat the double Whopper. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go that double whopper right you know like if you're doing that then maybe we've got more to talk about but usually what it is is like the stress reducing mechanism that could work is like I've got to go ride my bike and it's gonna be awful my heart rate's gonna get up to 180 you know I'm gonna pass out halfway through or I could eat the double whopper which is really easy right, which and is the really dopamine easy. is instant so if we look at like let's just say stress as a precipitating factor if I'm feeling really stressed and I know that I can get a quick fix and feel better if I eat a double Whopper. <laughs> we're, we're very much promoting a certain item here, but <laughs> if I could do that, and Let's I go with Big Mac, yeah, and I and I give and I give into that, mm-hmm. that that's that really is a good coping skill. Like it's a it's an effective coping skill that's keeping me alive. Mm-hmm. When I've really talked to people that that struggle with stress and overeating, mm-hmm. they they don't have a better option. You know, it's either I implode or I overeat. Well. That's not really where we want to go or where we want to be, but you should have a lot of compassion and understanding for yourself that that's, that's you trying to do a good thing. Like trying to manage stress is a good thing. It's good to manage stress. Like we want people to manage stress. Mm-hmm. But there's ways that keep stress low in the long run and there's ways that make more stress in the long run. Right. So eating, eating overeating will, will give you the quick fix, but you'll just get more stressed out as weight begins to come on and accumulate. So even though you don't like the outcome, you can have a lot of appreciation for the, the process. Like, I really appreciate that my body's trying to deal with stress. Mm-hmm. I don't love what it's doing to me. Right. But I can have a lot of compassion for myself for what, what I'm doing to try to cope and to, to manage. Right. When you can do that, when you can appreciate that you're trying to do a good thing, just not in a way that's actually really working out very well, it's a lot easier to say, well, guess what then? Maybe... I can try to do the same thing just in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I can maybe I can manage the stress in a different way. Yeah. And if that's the case, then we can do that. But a lot of people can't get to that step of asking that step, themselves that question of what's a better way mm-hmm. until they can say, "I have compassion for why I do what I do." Right. Yeah. I I love that, and I I say it. And most of my clients who even listen to this podcast will actually know this statement that I'm going to say. I thank my brain. Thank you so much for, for loving- ruining my life. No, <laughs> it's not what I'm right, Go ahead with your version. Let's Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think we've said this in the podcast, or I've said it in the podcast. Thank you so much for trying to keep me in survival mode, right? Like, I know that your main, like, work is to keep me alive, survival, away from those scary bears with knives and also keep me in the pack and also keep me like with food and uh, shelter, just all the things that I need to be able to survive, right? And so, yes, stress is definitely like one of those things where if we are coping with food, your mind is just like, oh, 
got to take care of us. This is, we know survival mode and it's going to give us cues, like cues, cues, cues. And they always go for survival, right? And so um, you can actually then just say to your brain, thank you so much for keeping me, trying to keep me alive. I appreciate some, you so much. But this emotion coming from this thought is not necessary right now. And I would like to maybe just sort of feel this emotion and move move towards just feeling the vibration and moving forward and then taking actions from a clearer place. Um, now, stress is very hard to do that through. So that's why I always go back to there are emotions before stress, right? There's emotions that are there that and thoughts that bring on different types of emotions. They house lots of different emotions that then manifest into the condo of stress, right? You have all these little uh, emotions that all move into this one complex, which then envelop stress, or you have all of these emotions that then move into the condo of overwhelm, or you have all of these emotions that come from um, all these thoughts that then are housed in the condo of, of anxiety and, and so forth, or resentment. You can use any of those kind of more indulgent, bigger emotions. Um, and what I like to do is like, let's step it back and just name one emotion outside of stress. And that takes work and it takes practice. Um, and it's not that easy to do. And that's kind of what I help my clients sometimes in the session to really just be able to name an emotion over then stress or overwhelm or anxiety and just break it down. Yeah. And something that we haven't, we haven't talked about in this that also complicates all of this is just the idea of self-deception. Mm. Um, one of the reasons that people overeat is also because they just deceive themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're all susceptible to minimization, justification, rationalization, and denial. Mm-hmm. You know, minimization, uh, a good example of that is just saying like, oh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, just, it's just a couple calories. You know, like I'll, I'll eat this uh, Snickers bar and it's only 200 calories. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've, I've got... I don't know, let's say like 2,000 calories to eat today. Like I can totally eat 2,000 calories. And this sneaker bar is only 200 calories. But then when we say that 15 times in the day, oh, that sneaker bar is only 200 calories. Then by the end of it, we've eaten 3,000 calories and we're well over the 2,000. Mm -hmm. That's a a form of minimalization whereby we're saying like, oh, it's not that big a deal. But it actually really is a bigger deal as it adds up and, and accumulates over time. And so people oftentimes will not even just have thoughts of like, wow, I'm bored. I want to go eat. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like, wow, I'm bored. I want to go eat. And it's okay <laughs> because <laughs> of these different things. Right. Well, and um, yeah. And so my first question is, why are you even going for the snicker bar instead of the apple or instead of something else? So Because it um, tastes good. Okay. I thought we established that in the beginning of this. Okay. Well, we're not even... <laughs> Because you started this whole thing and you derailed the whole thing from the beginning. We were just talking about overeating oh. and and like just keeping it basic. But um, look at me blaming you. Um, but um, that has to do with over desire. So, I mean, society wise has taken like our survival things, right? Like, and just said, I mean, companies have come out and just said like, yeah, we make things look attractive 
like with packaging, we make things sweeter so that it goes to that. We make things go towards those senses that actually give you that hit of dopamine, give you that hit, that instant release better than an apple or something else. Yeah. And so my point in bringing that up is just to say that sometimes we have to unravel the self-deception before we can even really get to the feeling that precipitates the behavior. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So let's just sort of uh, go off of our three little points here. Um, Thank your body, right? That takes some work and stuff like that, but really thank your body for all the things that it's actually doing right Um, and come from a place of compassion and, and trying to do right. Yes, and trying to do right. And curiosity, not to blame or shame yourself for actually not doing the things that, it, that you know, not overeating. Um, but just thank your body for even just the things that it's doing right. Um, and also trying to do what's right. Uh, second is to be aware of the emotion and then work backwards from there. So you notice the emotion and then work back to really start being aware of your thoughts. And that takes practice as well. And then the third thing is, is to really just sort of thank your brain for the thoughts and the emotions because you're having the human experience and that's okay. But if you want to make some changes, you can actually tell your brain, that's cool. Thank you. In the long run though, I want to make some changes. So I'm going to just sort of maybe sit here with this emotion and not go for that Snickers bar or the big whopper (laughs) Um, or just to maybe just become more aware of things and move forward from there all right guys thank you so much we'll see you next time